Take your Bibles and turn with me to John 15. It is a joy to be back. I missed you last week. Well, sort of. I missed you. On Tuesday night when I got up to teach at uh, the Fellowship in the Past, First Southern Baptist Church of Beaumont, California, I, uh, I told them, I said, I'm really glad to be with you all tonight. And uh, they, I said, because you all are such great people to teach, of course, but I just checked my telephone, and back home, there's a wind chill factor of 13 degrees. It had been 80 that day. So I was really glad to be in warmth for a little while anyway, but it was a joy to be at a great conference. The people were very responsive, uh, but it's nothing like being home at Grace Baptist Church, so it's good to be here and good to be with you today. Today we come to the Lord's table. We come to the Lord's table to experience communion, Lord's Supper, to think about His sacrifice, to remember what He has done, and even as the song said, to remember that He's coming again and to show that trust. We are in John's Gospel in our study, and, and John chapter 15 that we've been looking at for several weeks is a passage that just fits so well to direct our thinking as we come to the Lord's table, I think. So if you would, follow along as I read these verses that we've read for several weeks now, starting in verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father's the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up and they gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it shall be done for you. By this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. This is the word of our Lord. We've looked at this from the context of the vine and the branches, from the idea that Jesus is the vine from which we as the branches draw our strength and draw our nourishment in every situation. We've looked at it from the idea that this is symbolizing, this is illustrating our union in Christ and our union with Christ. That He is in us, we are in Him, His Word is abiding in us, and because of that, He is at work in us continuously. I remember one of my heroes of the faith is a guy named Jesse Mercer. And Jesse Mercer, Mercer University in Georgia, you may have heard of, that it has nothing to do, no resemblance to Jesse who founded it many years ago now. But Jesse Mercer was a pastor in Georgia in the early 1800s. And Jesse Mercer one time had been out on a trip. He'd been out on a, a preaching in different services throughout the, the state of Georgia. He'd been gone for about two weeks. And the story is that he was coming back, and as he was coming back, he was thinking about his own church that he pastored. And what he was thinking about was, was just sort of the languid state of that church, that there, there had become a lukewarmness in his church. And, 
And, and as he traveled on, he had seen the work of God so vividly in some of the other churches in this, as he called it, the fortnight that he had been away. And as he came back, he came to the pulpit and he chose this text where it says, Beware when there is a cry of peace, peace, when there is no peace. And right in the middle of this sermon, he said, You know, for the last two weeks, I've been seeing the work of God in many people's lives throughout the state of Georgia. And now I come back here, and I want you to know as I travel back, I bedewed the pummel of my saddle with tears. Now, we don't totally speak that way today. But I bedewed the pummel of my saddle with tears. He was on horseback, by the way, going all over the state. I bedewed the, the pummel of my saddle with tears in thinking about you. And then he broke into all sorts of emotion, and he said, My dear congregation, I fear that you are too good to be saved. Now let that sink in just a minute. What he was saying was, is, you know, you, you feel like you're okay. Everything's fine, everything's going good, you're a good person in the eyes of other people, you're a good person in the eyes of the world, and, and you just feel like you're okay. And, and, and one of the things that Scripture shows us, that in order for us to really be saved, we have to come to recognize our absolute need for Jesus Christ. That's what, Paul, uh, that's what John is talking about here, that's what Jesus is talking about here in this passage in John, when he says in verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches, Jesus says, he who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. Listen to that last part, part, part of the verse. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Zero. Zip. Zilch. Apart from me, you are incapable of doing anything, spiritual or otherwise. I am your strength. I am your strength. I am your source of encouragement. I am your source of nourishment. And you are to abide in me. You know, when Jesus talks about vine and branches, we realize he's still in that upper room discourse, although in verse 31 of chapter 14, Jesus said, now let us arise and go from here, go out from here. They're leaving the upper room, but he's continuing the discourse. He's continuing the teaching. They've just in the upper room observed the Last Supper, which we now commemorate as the Lord's Supper. They've just spent time with their Lord in a very intimate, very communing sort of way when He has told them about His impending death, that He's going to the cross, that He's going to die in their place. He's going to die as a sacrifice for them that their sins may be forgiven. And there was that strong communion around the table as He took the elements of the Passover, which had been celebrated for hundreds of years by the Jewish people, and He, he brought those in a whole new light and reinterpreted them for those who were there. He said, you know, for a long time you've thought about this as the release from Egypt, the leaving of Egypt by, by the Israelites. I want you to understand all of that, the Exodus experience, all of the celebration of the Passover for all these years by our people has been in recognition that I am coming. And, and that bread and wine and and the feast of Passover would be a celebration of what I'm going to do in the lives of those who put their trust in me. And he said, here's the bread. This is my body. In just a few hours, it's going to be hanging on a cross. Of course, Peter didn't like that. 
Peter said, Lord, they'll have to kill me before they get to you. There's no way they're going to be able to crucify you. And Jesus said, Peter, you don't understand. That's the reason I came. You try to stand between me and that, and you get in the way of God's work. So he said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Whoa. Peter, the one who had said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter, the one who recognized clearly by God's direction who Jesus was, was now called Satan because he wanted to stand in the way of what God's perfect plan was in that day. Jesus coming in the flesh, God coming in the flesh, that he might redeem his people. Jesus said, I want you to understand this. The Christian life is not a life of being religious. The Christian life is not a life of trying harder. The Christian life is not a life of trying to be all that you can be. The Christian life is not trying to be better and trying to look better and trying to, trying to be more moral and trying to... Trying to have positive thinking and that is not the gospel that is not christianity christianity is very simple him and us and us and him him working out his will his purpose his life in our life and us bearing much fruit and thus proving to be his disciples we don't prove it any other way. We don't prove it by going to church. We don't prove it by giving tithes and offerings. We don't prove it by, by showing people at work that we can lay a Bible on our desk but never touch it, never pick it up, never abide in it. We don't show it by bumper stickers or jewelry. The only way we show it, the only way we prove, Jesus says in verse 8, by this is my Father glorified in your life when you abide in me and I abide in you and, and you'll bear much fruit and thus prove to be my disciples. The proof is in the fruit. The proof is in bearing the fruit that he produces within us. You don't make your own fruit. You don't, you don't try hard and say, I'm going to squeeze an apple out, or peace out, or love out. You don't say, I'm going to love that person if it kills me. I'm going to be nice to that person. You will. It will kill you if you're trying to do it in your own strength. But Jesus says, this is how, this is how you'll prove you're my disciple. If you love one another. is how you'll prove you're my disciple if you bear much fruit what paul talked about in galatians 5 the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness self-control and on and on and against such things there is no law jesus said i want you to understand the christian life is union with me the word communion that we talk about this Lord's Supper being, has the word union at the end of it. It's the sharing in union. It's the expression of the union. And we, we come to this table, we come to communion to, to use this as a time to express our communion and our union with Him in a very visible and very unique way. No other ordinance, no other, no other act of the church shows it any more clearly. And we take that bread 
Jesus said, this is my body, which will hang on a cross. Take and eat it and do this in remembrance of me. He said, this is my blood. This, this is my blood. It's the blood of the new covenants, the blood that's poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. Take and drink it and do this in remembrance of me. Now, now, we don't believe that we're eating body and drinking blood. We don't believe that when you take it, it becomes those actual things. We recognize them as being symbolic and understanding. In the same way that I can pull a picture out of my pocket and say, and hold it up, picture of red, and say, This is my wife. Not a one of you would say, He's married to a piece of paper. You wouldn't say that. But you know, that's a picture representative of who I'm married to. Same way, this is representative of his body and his blood. And we come to this table. We come to this table to remember, if you will, to be refreshed in our union with him, in our communion with him. We come to this table to be refreshed in our walk. We come to this table to be reminded that it's not our goodness. It's it's not, not that we can do anything for Him and glorify Him unless we abide in Christ. And He abides in us. I ask you this morning as we prepare to come to this table, do you know that you're in union with Christ? Do you know that there is a union there to experience communion? Do you know that you trusted him and put your faith in him? Not your faith in your religiosity, not your faith in your own works. I mean, you'd be like the Apostle Paul as he spoke to the Philippian Christians, as we've looked at on time and time again. When Paul says in chapter 3 of Philippians, he said, you know, beware the dogs and the evil workers, beware the false circumcision, for we are the true circumcision who worship in the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus, and put, who put no confidence in in the flesh. No self-confidence. It's all Christ's confidence. It's all grace confidence. Not, not confidence in ourselves, but confidence in the grace of God, in the presence of Christ, and in the work of Christ. He goes on to say, although I myself might have confidence in the flesh, if anybody would, I might be the one to do it, you know, because I was circumcised on the eighth day, according to the law, perfectly. I I was of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law, I was a Pharisee. As to a zeal, as to zeal, persecuting the church. As to righteousness, which is in the law, I was found blameless. Paul says, you want to match up up religiosity? You want to match up good works with me? Well, let me tell you something. I'll top you every single time. And then he says, but all of these things, all of this religiousness, all of this self-righteousness, all of this trying to be good in my own strength, all of this, I count, I count these as loss for the sake of Christ. I, I, more than that, I count all things to be loss in, in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things, religious and otherwise, and count them but rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own, 
derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know Him, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death. It's amazing there. Paul says, I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. I was looked at by people and thought to be as righteous as they come. All that's gone. Because in Christ, I have a new sense of value. And the value is to Him. I value all things loss. I count all things loss in light of the surpassing value knowing Christ gave him a new sense of value gave him a new righteousness not that that comes from the law but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith a new value a new sense of value a new righteousness that is him in you producing his fruit through you a new goal just to know him better that's Paul's purpose that's what Paul says here. I want, you to, I want you to see this, that we grow in him and want to know him better. Paul, who had been a Christian for 20 years, said that the goal of my life is just to know Christ better every day. And then a new power, the power of his resurrection. Same thing that brought Christ out of the grave, Paul says is the power that we have at our disposal to walk with Him. In union, vine and branches, in communion, remembering His death and remembering He's coming again, understanding this new value, this new righteousness, this new goal in life, this new power. All of that Paul says is not just for Him, it's for us. As we come to this table, may we come knowing we are fellowshipping with him. It's the Lord's table. It's not Grace Baptist table. It's not the Baptist table. It's the Lord's table. It's for all believers who have trusted Christ and been baptized. It's, it's for you. If you're a guest here today and you're in right standing with, a, with your home church, in good standing, not under church discipline, I invite you to, to join with us in this meal as a part of the body of Christ. Here this morning, not a believer, I ask you just to consider the elements. That Christ died in our place, that all who believe might have life eternal. And join with us in this meal. I invite you this morning to think through, to remember, and to celebrate the goodness of our God. Let's pray together. And as we pray, as our deacons come and prepare themselves to serve this meal, your heads bowed and your eyes closed, would you just think about what it means to be in union with Christ? And would you think about what it means to share in this meal together? 
with him and for his glory? Would you ask the Lord to shine his light upon your life and help you see and help you know where your walk is with him? Are you depending on yourself? Are you depending on him? Father, as we come, remind us of what you have done. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The elements are passed in just a moment. I ask you to hold them until we all take them together. Scripture says Jesus blessed the bread and the wine and passed it among them. Father, we thank you this day for your grace for your gift of life in Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for the bread that represents your body and the, the fruit of the vine, the juice that represents your blood. Father, help us remember with gratefulness in our hearts. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power, love and discipline. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which he granted in us granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity, but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. For this reason I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these things to men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. For no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure which has been entrusted to you. Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition. And indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, 
knowing from whom you have learned them. All Scripture is inspired by God, and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God or the woman of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but wanting to have their ears tickled they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. They will turn away their ears from the truth. They will turn aside to myths. But you, but you, be sober in all things. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. And fulfill your ministry. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And even as our scripture reference that Brother Todd read earlier talked about how the Apostle Paul received from the Lord the instructions about the Lord's table. He said, this is my body, this bread is my body. Take and eat it and do this in remembrance of me. this cup, this cup is the blood of the covenant, the new covenant, the covenant whereby we can know God, we can have fellowship with him, we have our sins forgiven. It's a new covenant by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. He said, take this and drink it and do this in remembrance of me. Scripture says that on that night, they sang a hymn and they went out. We're going to sing a hymn in a moment, which will be a hymn of commitment, a hymn of invitation. And I will remind you that each time we gather around the Lord's table, we take an additional offering as we leave today, what we call our charis offering. Charis is Greek for grace offering. That money is used only to help people in our fellowship, in our congregation, who have financial and, and difficult needs. So I encourage you to give. Uh, this is above your tithe and offerings, I realize, but I ask you to give faithfully. Uh, we've been able to help people considerably over the last few months that have come into some tough times. So uh, help us do that, okay? It's just an expression of grace, expression of gratitude. Let's stand together. Let's sing together. As God leads in your life, you be obedient and you come as we sing.